There is really no Iron Curtain for the Brave. Words spoken by Andrew, known as Brother Andrew, a.k.a. God Smuggler. He spent his life ministering the gospel, traveling to over 125 countries in service to the global church. Now he's left the mission field behind to be with his Savior. Brother Andrew died last week after more than 60 years of service to the global church. Hi, I'm Charles Morris, and you're listening to The Great Stories Podcast. And in light of Brother Andrew's passing, I wanted to share with you an interview I did with him back in 2004. Doesn't seem like that long to me. For many years, Andrew took the good news into the old Soviet Union, to China, to Czechoslovakia, places where just being a Christian often meant persecution or even killing. After the Iron Curtain fell, he turned his attention to the Middle East and then North Africa. And in this conversation with this Dutchman who went home to be with the Lord last week, you'll hear his extraordinary stories. But most of all, you'll encounter his contagious passion for the Christ he loved so much. And so I'd like us to get started. Let's meet up with Brother Andrew. You are listening to Haven Today, and we have a special friend on with us. He's been on this program before, but with my predecessor, Ray Ortland. Coming to us from the Netherlands today, Brother Andrew. And Brother Andrew, welcome to Haven Today. Thank you. It's so good to have you on. I feel like I know you, and we've never even met. Well, but, I think uh, we do know each other because <laughs> we're both part of the same family. We certainly are. That's yeah. right. You know, it's hard to think, Brother Andrew, that it has been uh, so many years since your very first book came out. It kind of surprised you, didn't it, that people even wanted to read that book, God Smuggler? I was very surprised, and actually my book was a slow starter, and I wondered if it would ever take off, and then it really took off like a rocket and sold many millions in the U.S., and is now in more than 35 languages. My goodness. and, and yeah. We've got that as well as your new book, and we'll tell people about that a, yeah. a little bit later. But, Brother yeah. Andrew, how in the world, back when uh, the Iron Curtain was up and you got started going into the old uh, Soviet Union, the Eastern Bloc, yeah. how did that term God smuggler get started? Well, actually, that was a title which the secular publisher in New York, the New American Library, put on that book to my dismay because I had never even thought of smuggling as our work. Uh, I had a nice, pious title, but uh, looking back, I think it would never have made a bestseller. But I was upset when I saw the title that they had put on. I had no say in it. It's only later that I thanked God for it. Mm, Wow. You've been doing something else totally different the last 30 years, haven't you? Well, because my book came out, and for the safety of my friends over in the communist countries, I could not go back because I, I, I had exposed communism and uh, shown that their border was not as tightly closed as everybody thought. There was really no iron curtain for the brave, and uh, so I could go back there. So then at once after my book came out, I went to the Middle East. So you've really been working in the Middle East for a long time now. For more than you? 30 years, yeah. Wow. Talk about uh, tough places to try to work. What do you find? I mean, I've read your book, the new book, Light Force. You are actually finding that people who uh, pray to Allah are open to hearing about the good news of Jesus Christ, aren't they? 
they are God seekers, uh, Charles. Otherwise, they wouldn't get up every morning at four o'clock in the morning to pray. Mm-hmm. You and I don't do that. No. And uh, they're very dedicated to their religion. They have high reverence for their holy book, and they're very serious about their faith. And if we continue to write them off, we'll turn all of them into terrorists. That is what I want to prevent. I actively want to prevent that. So. Tell us just a little bit about the work that you're doing now in more than one Middle Eastern country. I work in most of the Muslim countries, and our mission, I think, in all of them. Uh, I now concentrate uh, in the Middle East and Pakistan, Kashmir, Afghanistan, that area. But I've been to most of the other countries. I've contacted lots of Muslims, including the fundamentalists, and between you and me, what they, what we now call terrorists. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, strange enough, uh, most of their leaders are my personal friends. Wow. I'm thinking about an instance, because I know you've been in Lebanon, you've also been in yes. Israel. Uh, I'm thinking of a story where you were there in the Gaza Strip, and, and you've had some meetings with... Uh, the Hamas. Yes, the Hamas. Yeah. yeah. And that's the group that would uh, launch many of the suicide bombers yeah, right. in Israel yeah. today. Yeah, and they know how terribly strong I disagree with them. I argue with them. I tell them that Jesus came to break that that cycle of violence and that they've got to stop this stupid thing and so on. I, I talk a lot with them. Even this summer I was with their leadership and I continue to witness and hundreds of Bibles and Jesus videos have gone out to them. I want to influence them because they're open. It's only as we isolate them that we kind of nurture their desire to die for the cause and uh, I think we, we've got to learn in the West to play the game to a different tune. Uh, mm. we, we're on the wrong track, Charles. I'm, I'm speaking as a Dutchman. Mm-hmm. You realize that I'm not an American. I think we, we in the West are on the wrong track. Uh, how so? We can win them. Why, why liquidate them? Win them to the gospel. Win them win to Christ. Win them, because every, everyone that you kill, you, you, may, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. everyone that is killed by our bombs uh, creates uh, 100 or, or 1,000 more terrorists. So the, the war game becomes endless, and we talk more and more about terrorism, but we really talk about people who were not born as terrorists, but they were made terrorists. Let us remake them into decent people. Let's introduce Jesus, the Prince of Peace, to them. And we can only do that if we prove to them that we, too, are willing to die for what we believe in. And as long as we fight a war by proxy or a war at distance or with uh, guided missiles or smart bombs, we're not convincing any of them, except their belief that we're all cowards. We've got to go there in person, look in their eyes and say, Listen, folks, and I say that, listen, if I did not have Jesus in my heart, I would be a terrorist, too. Now, listen. And they do. You're listening to Haven today, and uh, the man with the Dutch accent you're hearing is Brother Andrew, who's coming oh, I do, with I do us. have a Dutch accent. <laughs> yes, you do. Okay, okay, and, okay. Brother, Brother Andrew, tell us what happens, what's it like when a Muslim finally prays and confesses their sins and asks for Jesus Christ to become their Savior. Amazing things happen. I could tell you stories of the baptism services I have had in uh, the mountains in Afghanistan where dozens of these long-bearded men uh, have thrown away their guns and have chosen to follow Jesus Christ, and they obey him in baptism, and, uh, and then... Many of them get killed afterwards. Even a few weeks ago, my personal friends whom I baptized last year were killed. 
that there is such a transformation in their lives and in their community that again makes me think, how can I reach the church in the West so we can accept them as brothers and sisters and don't further isolate them or reject them so that the temptation becomes so big for them to return to their old way of life, Mm. which is a distinct possibility. After all, how many of our converts in the Western world don't return to their sinful life? That's right. Yes. You know, I think most of our listeners need to realize when you're in Israel, say, you're sharing the gospel with Jews and Gentiles yeah. alike, Muslims and yeah, yeah, people sure. who are Jewish. Well, especially and... Muslims, especially the fundamentalists, because they are the unreached people groups. Mm-hmm. And in uh, missiology, we talk so much about unreached people groups. Where here we have a one or two. Why don't we go for them? Mm-hmm. What is the difficulty for a Muslim coming to faith in Jesus Christ? What prevents more from coming to faith? I think the peer pressure and that's part of it. And maybe, maybe, and I, I hesitate saying that, the fact that they are simply not welcome in our Western-oriented churches. Hmm. This is a big problem, Charles, that I face wherever I meet with those rebels or terrorists. They are not welcome in our churches, and then my individual uh, attempts to win them for Christ are almost nullified because I cannot offer them a spiritual home where people will hug them and say, welcome, brother, sister, in Christ. This is a problem where maybe my message should be stronger to the Christians than it is to the Muslims. Hmm. When you're sharing the Lord with someone who is coming from a Muslim background, what is it that God uses to win them to Christ? What do you say? What do you tell them? There is uh, not not what I tell them. who I am, what I what I do, not, not what I tell them. They, these people have been used to preaching all their lives, and it makes no impression on them. It's it's what I what I am when when I uh, do not run away from their machine gun, but because then they will shoot me in the back. But when I go to them and and, and put my arm around them so that they cannot shoot anymore, that disarms them, and and, and then I have to earn the right to their attention. I have to listen to their complaints, uh, to their needs, to their problems. That is where I have to visit them, and that's what I do. I usually start by going where they are in dire need. Mm. And, and and I take it from there, and I just share the love of Jesus for the lost, for the outcast, for the downtrodden, for the down-and-outers, that is what the gospel is about. I don't start preaching. Mm. So you win them over through love. I win them because how can they ever love my Savior if they cannot first love me? Mm. Right? Yes. That for me is a principle that should apply to all of us. That's why even literature has little effect, but certainly not uh, evangelism through television. Uh, of course, I won't see that anyway. But but that is not identifying with them in their particular situation. And that is what we as a church have to learn that's why I would love to address all the Christians. That's why I love to be on this Christian program, Charles. Mm. Terrorism is a reality Yeah. in the world we live in today. It's not going to go away. No, no. What is the answer, Brother Andrew? Talk. Don't shoot. Talk. Mm. Because they have a reason. They were not born terrorists, Charles. They were made. Mm-hmm. Now let them tell me why they are terrorists. And then I... 
I don't know what what will happen, but let us do it as as missionaries, as Christians, but also as as politicians and as uh, leaders in in our country. Mm. I believe in it because they're they're waiting for us. They they want, and I described it in my book, how even the Hamas approached me officially and said, Andrew, can you arrange a ceasefire between Hamas and Israel? Why don't you just share, you don't need to use names or anything, but is there just one story that you could share with us today about how the Lord just used boldness to work in someone's heart, in someone's life, as you've been in the Middle East these past 30 years? Uh, yeah, I would have a, I have a number of, of illustrations, and, and I, I almost hesitate, because if I have any experience that I relate that cannot be copied by other people who now listen to my voice or who will read my book, then then it's useless. I, I want to be the ordinary guy who does things that everybody can do, therefore, if I do it, you can do it. Hmm. And I think, uh, like, one illustration now come, comes to mind. I had not premeditated this, Charles, but hmm. when, when all those hostages were, were taken in Beirut and in Lebanon, I, I was there, and I also write about that in my, my new book. And I... I I was so burdened one one time for a brother in Christ who uh, had been chained to the <laughs> radiator in a dark uh, cellar in Beirut. He had wife and children. I was so burdened. I could cry. I prayed for him. I went to the Hezbollah leader, and I, I told him that God wants him to, to let him go. And I said, I will take his place. I have put my house in order. I don't have to come back. I have come here to take his place. Now, let me do that. And uh, he did not accept my offer, but he said in utter amazement, Andrew, how can you say that? I said, that is the spirit of Jesus. He died on the cross, and I demonstrated that by spreading out my arms. He died on the cross for me. He died for me so that I could go free and do the will of God. Now, he did not accept my, my offer, but we became friends. And through him, I have been to the, the front line in southern Lebanon, uh, where Hezbollah was fighting Israel. I've been able to visit lots of people, give out lots of scriptures, make lots of visits, talk with people, pray with people. Mm-hmm. That, that is how, how we ought to do it, the personal contact, not counting your own life dear unto yourself, as scripture says, but be willing to give for the other. And they see it, and then they will want to listen, not before. And we need an army of people, an army of light bearers who become light themselves and go in and say, well, if you're not really not, not afraid to die, neither am I. Here I am. Let's talk. <laughs> and, and gee, that, that makes an impression because I do not run away. I run to them. And they're holding their breath. What is this crazy old Dutchman going to do? <laughs> well, I'm going to sit with them and listen to their complaints. And then I offer them scripture. And my own book in Arabic, this Scott Smuggler book, is very popular. And uh, in, in the, the Arab title is uh, not called Smuggler, because they say they're against smuggling, <laughs> hypocrites. But the Arab title is In Spite of the Impossible. Oh, now, Charles, they okay. know that they face an impossible yes. situation. They can yes. never win militarily. They can win through lots of dramatic uh, suicide bombings, like in, in Lebanon in the uh, 70s. But they can never really win this battle uh, unless 
unless they, they sacrifice them all, unless they prove to a world that their love for death is greater than our love for life. Mm. Let's, let's go and prove that we're not any, any worse than them. Uh, we, we too are willing to die because we go to heaven. Yes, that's right. Brother yeah. Andrew, what I hear you say is really you are going and you are offering peace, aren't yeah. you? But it's it's the peace of Jesus. And there is no other peace. You're right. There is no other peace. Well, whatever we, we, we make of political systems, there is no peace. There's always distrust and, and, and suspicion and hypocrisy and, and, and double talk. There's only one real peace that is in Jesus and that is based on who Jesus is, Son of God, what he did, died on the cross, and it's based on two principles, justice and righteousness. Mm, yes. Now, these two, we, we have to pursue when we talk with them. Brother Andrew, I have been asking for about the last six months, everyone I meet, what Jesus means to them. Yeah. So I want to ask you that same question. Brother Andrew, in the Netherlands right now, what does Jesus mean to you? I I don't want to give a pious answer. All right. I, I could not have live to. without him. I, my life would be useless. I would be as stupid as any fundamentalist suicide bomber. I would probably blow up my life because it's so senseless to live without Jesus. But now that he has come into my life uh, 55 years ago, he has changed me, forgiven me, given me purpose in life, and I so thoroughly enjoy the life I live that at my age, every morning I almost dance to my office. I love to start a long working day. I love to write, to talk to people, to study, to pray for people. Jesus in my life is absolutely everything beside him. I have nothing. Oh, wait, I have, of course, a wife. I have children. I have grandchildren. But but that is not real life. Life with all capital letters is what Jesus is to me. Hmm. Well, thank you. Thank you so much for sharing with us. I appreciate it so much. Brother Andrew, would, would you mind leading us in prayer that God would just use Christians in the West to be leaders in taking the gospel to yeah. people in the Middle East? Yes, dear Jesus, we call upon your name because my, my fervent prayer for all those that hear my voice uh, is that as Christians, we will be real. God make us real as followers of Jesus. We as fathers make us real fathers for our children and grandchildren. Make us real husband to our wife. Make us real members of the church. Make us real visionaries. Make us real warriors for Jesus Christ. That whole cloak of superficiality and hypocrisy will, will fall from us and we'll be known for what we really are. Followers of Jesus Christ, bearers of the cross, and living the victorious life because that is what you've promised us. Lord, make us real and, and may then the world take notice that is a church that cares, that reaches out, that shares, and that, that has the compassion of Jesus. I pray that, Lord, for all those that hear my voice and I pray it in the name of Jesus. I pray it because so many people need that kind of person. Let me, let us that you be that person. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining me on today's episode of Great Stories with Charles Morris. And I'm so thankful I had that conversation with Brother Andrew so many years ago at his home in the Netherlands and share this conversation again with you today. 
If you want to hear more content like this, why don't you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts? And if you enjoyed this episode, please help us get the word out by leaving a five-star review. You can also go to haventoday.org and sign up for our weekly email and discover additional episodes posted on the blog. And as always, thank you for joining me once again on Great Stories with Charles Morris.